Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 351. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books or trades that we are looking forward to coming out on September 13th, 2017. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week it's time for our monthly trade and policy, and for the first time ever we have a special double pick trade and policy. Both of these are Paul's books, and we have The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Volume 1, and Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1, Legacy. Yeah, I... Uh, I'll pick both of these books. I, I, I picked both because I got I was reading the first one, and I'm like, oh, they're going to hate this. I better switch it up. And then I did. And then ever, they both are like, oh, no, Sabrina was good. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. It, it happened. Cool. We'll talk more about that after uh, we wet our wet our whistles a little bit. I think you guys are driving me to drink with uh, the, these picks because I think I'm doing you guys a favor by switching it up because I. And then you're like, "No, Paul, that was good." Yeah. But what else is good? Uh, hopefully, it's what you're drinking, Chris. Um, what I'm drinking is okay, and this is from Sweetwater Brewing Company here in Florida, and this is their Hash Session IPA. Um, sitting at 4.2.5% ABV. This is a session ale brewed with um, like a really resiny hop. So it's got like a lot of that kind of like pine on it. Um, not not my favorite session IPA. Uh, it's not bad, but if you had just told me this was like a pale ale, I would have been like, okay, yeah, it's okay. Like it's not really hoppy. Um, I had their hash brown on the show before, which was a brown ale which was done the same way um that one didn't wow me either so yeah i don't know i've had other beer from them that's not bad but i I think i just need to stay away from like their hash line uh so the hash line i believe is uh so when when uh hops are picked they throw them into the thing that processes them and puts them into pellets and then in the drum on the outside uh, hops get like patted down and into like these cake kind of forms around the edges and usually they just throw that out uh, and then Stillwater was like oh no we'll take those and they peel them off into these big chunks and then they use that to brew beer hmm. mm. Mm. so it's so it's basically trash beer <laughs> <laughs> it is well, no, that's the kind of stuff that when they normally just like feed to cows or something else uh i think I, I i don't know if they can actually do anything with it because it's like the it's it's kind of like the in between of a whole cone and then the pellet or something um but i believe that's what the the hash means because it's kind of looks like a like a hash brown patty or something i don't know interesting doesn't doesn't make for a great beer though um <laughs> I, I picked up a sampler pack because, uh, for those of you that might not know, I live in Florida, and there's currently a, a hurricane making its way this way. Um, so, yeah, I was doing like a lot of just kind of like supply runs where I'd go to the store and buy some stuff, and I was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to need some beer for if we record the show, and if for some reason power goes out and I don't have internet access and like we can't record, at least I have beer to drink to get me through the storm, so... I was trying to do everything as cost-effective as possible, um, so I picked up a sampler pack from Sweetwater. It was, uh, it's a 12-pack, and I think it was like $18. So I mean, it wasn't wasn't too bad of an investment for. I think there was three of these uh, hash session IPAs in there. 
Um, I'll still drink it. I might not rave about it, but you know, it's not bad. Hopefully, you guys have something better though. Uh, yeah, we're also drinking a uh, session IPA. And this is Forever Ever from Other Half Brewing Company out of uh, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, nice citrusy flavors to this. Um, it is like a really nice hopped pale ale. Um, it does have a little bit of a thinness on the tongue, which, I mean, you're getting because it's uh, a session beer. It's 4.5%. Uh, I kind of expect that in this, but it still packs a good amount of flavor. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's uh, I like that it's thin because with the ABV being only 4.7, it, it's allowed to be thin because it makes it so fresh, so easy drinking. And it's got a nice level of flavor where it's all kind of balanced. It's all, like if it was uh, thin but like really flavorful, I'd be like, ooh, doesn't quite work. But since it's thin and yet... It, it balances with that yeah, thinness. Yeah, yeah. That, it's not overly punching me in the mouth, but it's a nice, it's a quick drinking beer, and yeah, I think that's what they're looking for. And tall, I think it's tall boy cans, because this is the uh, the year of tall boys, mm-hmm. and uh, these were cans. Yes, it's your year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything we have is before. from um, this was Canon eight thirty, hmm. so it's uh, just a couple weeks old. What's today's the tenth of the September? Tenth, so uh, yeah. what, what, like eleven days old? Yeah, you're getting all gargly there, <clears> sir. <throat> I uh, we we did had a we had a not episode last week. Uh, for the last two weeks, I have been sick. The day after we recorded our last show, oh, uh, I had laryngitis, Ooh. so uh, I didn't work a lot one week <laughs> because I was very sick. That's rough. I had a sinus thing going on for a while, but uh, basically over that. So I have allergies, but I'm okay. Mm. I thought you were going to be like, I have cats. That's I do. I, I, I also have allergies. <laughs> the two aren't related, though. Jeez, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm going through uh, looking at the comic books coming out because they haven't updated my pull list over on uh, pullist.comicsology in a little bit. And there's a lot of the Dark Knights metal stuff, like just tying in, like one shots. I just, I, I can't bring myself to care. That's, and that's so sad. Always uh, Yeah, and much like things that we have to bring ourselves to care about, the news this week. Not much going on, uh, and we had to scrape the bottom of the barrel. And uh, the news isn't all that exciting because, like, yet again, there's turmoil in Disneyland or because of Star Disney Wars. Disney World, Walt Disney World. There's two separate entities, Paul. Oh, uh, and, and no, because I'm making them, before, you know, holding company, Disney Holdings. Uh, because, mm-hmm. yet again, uh, there's some turmoil with directors over on the Star Wars gigs. And this time, Episode 9. Episode 9. Uh, and it's less, I think, about Disney, but Disney wanting to get those people who are doing, that are up-and-comers, they're up-and-comers who are making really good films, so they're like, hey, we want to work with you. And I think on occasion, those people, the two times, those people have maybe let their egos get in the way of the vision of what Star Wars is, but what Disney and that company is envisioning their Star Wars properties to be. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I think you guys keep saying Disney, Disney, but 
also, I, I think this is all coming down to Lucasfilm. And what we're talking about is the fact that Colin Trevorrow, the director of Jurassic World and the upcoming Jurassic World sequel, uh, Lost Kingdom, whatever it's called. I think it's something like something, that. Something like that. Uh, has parted ways with uh, the Star Wars franchise. He's no longer going to be directing the movie, um, which I feel like it's, again, early enough out, kind of like we had with Han Solo, where they can kind of get in front of this and fix stuff. But yeah, uh, reports are he started to get a really big head uh, when he was working on Jurassic World, and it's kind of made him a terror to work with. And he was just difference of opinioning it over at Star Wars. And I I don't blame Lucasfilm for kind of standing their ground because this is Star Wars. Like, this is something that's going to outlive all of us now at this point. It's been around for 40 years. It's going to be around for a billion more. It's outlived some of the cast members of the original. That's true. A rich stridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like I was saying, I think the last actual named episode ago, not not episode. Like, I kind of wish they would just button things up. I don't want to hear about all this turmoil because it makes me nervous. I just don't want to hear about it. Like, don't announce stuff. <laughs> just just be cool, man. This is the age of announcing stuff. We're, in, like, we're, we're announcing out. stuff like, hey, we're thinking about this. And then the internet goes, yeah, everybody, they're thinking about it. And, you know, everyone goes batshit about I'm it. I'm a Bills fan. I already get enough of that with the Patriots losing this week. And so, therefore, the Bills are going to win the division. Listen, we talked about sports with you for a second <laughs> off show. Don't try to shoehorn it in. It's off show. That is off show talk. Because you're not yeah, speaking to anybody who cares. And I'm pointing yeah. to the microphone. Yeah. I, I I was happy to see Colin Trevorrow on episode nine. I really enjoyed Jurassic World. I still haven't seen the uh, the time travel movie on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called. Safety not guaranteed or something. Oh, that one that, that's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, I I'd like to see it, but I haven't yet. So I mean, I only really have one film of his to go off of, and I heard Book of Henry wasn't great. Oh, Book of Henry is supposed to be uh, awful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Maybe overcompensating for just that lackluster movie, he kind of came into Star Wars a little bit, you know, heavy-handed. And this is Star Wars. Again, like, you mm-hmm. kind of have to be willing to work with Lucasfilm on this. And I feel like there's a certain amount of towing the line you have to do in addition to being like that. Hey, I'm a young, cool, hip filmmaker. Let's Let's try this, you know. Uh, and it, it seems like J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson and Gareth Edwards, you know, directors of Seven, Eight, and Rogue One, have kind of been able to do that because those movies all performed really well. People generally enjoy them. So, what? This is speak about Last Jedi, like it came out, but I, I have no worries about that film. You know? Uh, yeah, and I don't. I think this is nipping it in the bud before things get out of hand. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to take a jump back in time quick, not to cut you off, John. But, okay, Fantastic Four from Fox with Josh Trank. Yeah. That so- sounds like a great idea, but if there were issues during the f- actual making of the film, would we rather have had them kind of tackle that head-on and get him off that movie and then have them kind of repurpose it and redirect it, or just stick to their guns and release that movie that 
ultimately failed. Well, everybody, I think Fox at that point knew no matter what they did with that franchise, it was not going to do well. It was... They would have well, been better off just letting him make the movie and keeping their two cents out of it, because you probably would have had a better movie, uh, to be frank, because that movie's awful. I haven't even... I love the Fantastic Four, and I haven't even... I, I If if you were saying you were going to watch it, I would, I would literally slap you, and I would pin <laughs> you to the ground until you changed your mind. You could. <laughs> Thank you. Not as strong like Ox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank. Uh, thank you. <laughs> other news that's stronger. Can we? Uh, other news that uh, Star Wars I'm, news. I am. Oh yeah. Go talk talk okay, about your Star Wars news. Let's finish up the Star Wars news. Hey, so Lego, they have a uh, deal with Lucasfilms, and they are very excited to release another one of their collector's edition lines. And this, oh, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Collector Series. And that's a Millennium Falcon that is uh, 7,541 pieces in total. Uh, that's being sold at a whopping $799 Ooh. price pay tag. Or $800 if you want to throw in the penny, because most places will make you throw in that penny. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I haven't spent like $50 on a. a <laughs> On a just, Lego thing? Just look up and see how glorious that X-Wing is. I know. That is that, ultimate that, X, that X-Wing is really cool. It, it was probably around two to $300. Aren't I, you fucking kidding me? What? That's the ultimate. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, that was a Christmas present for my folks, and it's a great present. Oh, you're, okay, your parents bought you that yeah, as a yeah, gift? Okay, yeah. that... That's a Christmas present. That, that, what, was, that, is, that is a prestigious Christmas present. Yeah. That's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look up the ultimate uh, because I think it's somewhere in the $200 range. Um, Here's my thing. Um, Last year, Disney came out or Lego came out with Cinderella Castle as one of like those huge Lego piece sets. And it was like $250. It might have been even more. It might have been $350. Paul, you probably know. I I actually don't know. But like people are going crazy down here looking for that. And I'm like, okay, for that much money, you could actually get a Disney like annual pass and go to the parks not just have a plastic castle sitting on a shelf somewhere I, I, I feel like I waste so much. I, I've wasted money in the past just mm-hmm. like oh hey I need this uh, my Galactus and uh, <laughs> Spectre Hero Clicks spending like a hundred bucks on those is something too but Hey, I still have them. I keep them up like statues in my house. They're on my bookcases now in my uh, in my in the library room with uh, my wife. Yeah, that just seems uh, now, an amazing waste of money. Now, uh, let's go to Amazon and look up the last collector's edition of the Millennium Falcon. It's being sold for three thousand seventy-four dollars <laughs> in the box. Or in put box. Together? Okay. In box, uh, you know. So uh, there's that. There's oh yeah, but it, there's there are collectors. There are collectors. There's people that buy that box and then just have that box sit in the corner. And I've I've always been the person that I'm opening it. 
Like, mm-hmm. I paid that money. I have that yep. statue. I'm putting that shit together. I'm stopping on those pieces. Exactly. Cry because I earned that. Uh, th- that I can understand the investment of, oh, I, you know, I'm going to pay 800 now and I'll pay, you know, 10000 later. But if you're paying 10000 for it, you're fucking mad. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's insane. I think I mean ten thousand, three thousand. <laughs> well, the three thousand for the is it the same? Not not this one. The one that was the collector's edition. Yeah, before. exactly. This but one's is bigger it... has more pieces and has more minifigs. And minifigs is like that collectible thing where, like, this... if you want the minifig, the uh, upcoming one is the bigger yeah, yeah, one, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Like it sounds cool. It it has the ability, as Paul was telling me, you can change the um, the sonar <laughs> antenna. You can have it with, without, or the new one on it, which is cool. That's a that's a cool thing to do with it. But come on, man! I I couldn't even tell you. Like I I spent thirty dollars on the beer that we're drinking today for six cans that Paul and I are drinking was thirty dollars. And it was – the only reason I really paid for it is this guy brought it back for me and was like, yeah, I brought these back for you. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll give you this money then. Like I felt obligated because I was like, hey, man. I wanted to be like, hey, man, I told you like like one four-pack, maybe two. You brought me three back. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so I actually spent actually, I spent $60 on beer for mm-hmm. uh, 12 cans, which is – pretty crazy for not being barrel aged uh but so far they're delicious um but even that was a lot of money and that was stuff that i can like hey i do a podcast it's also my job like i have some talking you got got skin in the game yeah no but eight hundred dollars on a fucking lego set get out of here i'm not trying to defend it (laughs) i'm just saying that there is a sub market for this stuff it's, you know, kind of like the uh, comic book, you know, uh, when you and Cap put it in the silly plastic. Oh, yeah. When you get it graded yeah. for then, you, yeah, for you then know, having it that. to then hold in its its mm-hmm. pristine condition. Yeah. And some people do that with these Lego sets. It's because they're chasing them minifigs. I, I, feel bad for, the minifigs. I feel bad for the guy that glues the pieces together. Ugh. That's just despicable. People that do that are the worst. Because the <clears> most <throat> fun to do, thing to do with Legos is put it together, take it all apart, bust out your books again, put it all back together again. We should try to do it by memory. Ooh, that's <laughs> that's on the third attempt. Third attempt? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was never a Lego kid. Really? I We we had, like, uh, Tyco generic mm-hmm. Legos. Well, Tyco's the kitty version of... No, that's Duplo, sorry. Yeah, Tyco. Yeah, and I and like I had like a army tank that came in like a green briefcase thing and all the pieces, uh, and we built it once and then I uh, it fell apart and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna carry my GI Joes in this awesome camouflage green uh, little briefcase thing. Anyways, you guys sound like a bunch of jokers <laughs> talking about Lego oh. this long. <laughs> oh, so many jokers, like three of them. Three of them, right, Chris? Uh, and the other news that we have gotten is that Martin Scorsese, the famed director, is going to be producing a Joker origin movie. The Streets of Gotham. 
Gangs in New York. Gangs in New York. Gangs of Gotham. Uh, and they're talking that Leonardo DiCaprio would probably be the Joker, which is all just the rumor but stuff. But he's so old. He can't be the young Joker. Yeah, and, and there it's this story is ludicrous because even like Jared Leto was like, "Wait, what are they doing?" <laughs> uh, that sounds interesting, but I, I, I think I'm still the Joker, right? Well, maybe not because they're talking about putting the three different Jokers in the movie universe, and maybe to get rid of Jared Leto's Joker. I'm not sure. But they're doing they're doing Suicide Squad too, so with Ben Ben Affleck's the accountant director in the lead for the the directing gig. I don't know, guys. I until there's a trailer on these DC movies, <laughs> they they don't matter. Oh, they can't they keep exist. a Flash director. And then when they yeah, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Until there's a trailer for it, I don't think it's coming out. There's been two different trailers for Justice League. It's supposed to be out, like, next month. I still don't believe it's coming out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're still doing reshoots on that movie. I'm pretty sure. Like, it's, it's <laughs> Superman's walking around with a mustache. Yeah, they're, they're going to digitally alter <clears throat> that mustache, so it's um, not there anymore. But, yeah, like, some of the rumors is, is you're going to see, like, the Joker as a little kid getting bullied, like... I don't want to have sympathy for the Joker. It, no, he works better as an enigma, as a lie, as something. I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 Batman, um, Dark Knight. Yeah. Like everything he says is a lie. Nothing is the truth. What is the truth? Like that's the you know he and should even be. If he did know it. Yeah. What does it matter? It doesn't because yeah. nothing he nothing that could have happened in his past would excuse his present. Yeah, the actions in this present, and that's the thing with the Joker. Like, it, it I don't want to know. I don't want to. Ha- I don't want to have to have sympathy for that character. Yeah, don't ruin the mystery of that character of why he does it by trying to tell why he does it. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work. Just have him be the force of nature that's constantly throwing Batman off. Because as soon as you give him an origin, you give him a reason, and that's that just goes against the Joker. Like, I don't need to or want to see that. No. You know whose character's origin that I was really surprised that worked really well? Jack Sparrow. Kate and I finally watched uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. We went to the Still McKinley Mall. Seen it. So I'd like to. It's it was uh, not great. <laughs> the best part was that scene as the very that you've seen already in the trailer with young Jack Sparrow like basically cursing. He's wa- you just see him walking on a boat in yeah. the trailer. It's all you can catch. <laughs> but you know he's basically screwing over that uh, Salazar. Javier Bardem. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the best part of the movie. And it's basically Jack Sparrow's origin. And it's like five minutes in a three hour movie. And you're like, all right, cool. That was all right, part. cool. Can we go now? Oh, wait, there's more movie? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boy, Paul, you're one of the only people that saw that movie. Uh, <laughs> Look back yeah. at our bracket. I haven't seen uh, Homecoming <laughs> yet. Spider Man Homecoming. Are you fucking kidding oh, me? That's such a better no. movie then. Oh, my but God. It's. It's like in between the movie theaters right now. It's not really mm. up at the at the first, cheap shows at the uh, first place, and it's not quite at the cheap shows yet. But once it hits the cheap cheap shows, I'm going. In fact, I might look that up while we're talking. Uh, and we had one other thing for news, I believe, didn't we? Chris, uh, did he write them down? What are we were, missing? There were the rumors of the 
actors in the running for the role of Shazam in DC's maybe, who knows when, upcoming Shazam movie. That's right. Uh, there was also another thing, because I wanted to hear Chris's take. Oh. Uh, but we have uh, John Cena uh, up for the running of... <laughs> World Star? <laughs> you have to do that. Uh, Aren't we supposed to be surprised at any time he's mentioned? Isn't that the thing? Uh, John Cena, who I, I like John Cena when I've, he's shown up in like different movies here or there. Or... He was the best part of that one stupid uh, house party uh, with... Uh, I don't... Uh, not Anna Faris. Uh, Leslie Nope and... Uh, Will Ferrell? With Lemon. No, uh, Tina Fey. Oh. It's, um, the Sisters movie. Sisters. I can't remember the name of it. Sisters. Baby's mama? No, just sips, oh. sisters. He was re- he was the best part in uh, the train wreck, as well. Um, and like when you see him, like when he does like SNL or when he has like appearances, he's a funny, charismatic guy. I don't see him as my Captain Marvel, my Shazam. Um, but the other actor who's up and for the running, Chris, do you remember his name? I don't. Uh, it's like it's the guy from Gal- ABC's Galavant, Joshua Sassy. Oh, that's he's so sassy. That guy, he put a little, he puts a little brawn on. Like, and that's the thing, though. Like, when looking at these two actors, I think that okay, if we do get Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam, we need someone that looks like they can go toe to toe to him, and that's John Cena. But I really like Galavant, so I don't know. I'm torn. I think if 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 Galavant puts a little puts a little brawn on, he can he can do that because you don't have to be that. Well, with the Gal- with the Galavant choice casting, he can play that overly cheesy character and still be likable. And still be likable, which I think, if that's where they are going with Shazam, because you know it's that little kid as a kid superhero, as a superhero being informed by the wisdom of uh, wisdom of Solomon, King Solomon. Uh, so that overly cheesy kind of thing. All right, cool. Yeah, I could see Galavant. But if they're going in like an actual just toe-to-toe action, I kind of want to see. It's a wrestling movie, then. It's John Cena versus Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. But I kind of I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with that because it's stupid. It's stupid again, no matter what. Again, until there's a trailer. Well, okay, it's not happening. Not to not to get in front of this too much, but do you really think that Warner Brothers would want to make like a stupid fun DC movie? I, I, I don't, were, just based I, off of what we've had so far. Like, I don't see them being like, okay, we need, we need something that's just like dumb and fun. Uh, I will throw this at you, Lego Batman. Uh, again, that's a Lego movie, so it's kind of tied into that because this might become a, a CGI movie. movie. For all I know, this might just become a cartoon. <clears throat> this might be the uh, Big Hero Six of the DC universe. Like, honestly, like this could be anything right now. Knowing Warner Brothers, right? Like, uh, who knows? Couldn't it become? I'm I don't sorry, know. Chris, but couldn't it become like anything? Like, do we? Like, I I feel like if they wanted it to become anything, they probably just could have done it by now. Right. Like they could have just like twenty three skidooed it out and like, hey, we find it Shazam. Dwayne Johnson's been talking about it for twenty years now. Go. <laughs> We're reaching that point. It's been, like, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, I saw Baywatch, and I thought it was really good. It was hilarious. Kate and I, we, we are always like, 
like back when we had HBO, and anytime HBO is free, whenever they kick that did that our way, like we just look for those movies starring uh, Zac Efron, because for whatever reason they're not great, but they're fun. They're fun. Like, they're entertaining. Hey, hey, you just described the entire High School Musical trilogy. So, uh, 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 and the rock, will. the rock calls him High School Musical at one time, and I was like, <laughs> he was in that, and Caitlin told me to shut up. <laughs> Kate, Kate every once in a while will turn to me and say, don't be afraid to shoot the outside Jay. But she usually gets it wrong. Like, shoot from the outside Jay. I say, come on, Kate, get your head in the game. Come on. I thought you would enjoy it. Anyways, that. I have another beer that I'm at the end of. <laughs> uh, uh, me as well. Chris, I'm you... trying to move along, guys. I don't know sure. how long I'm going to have power for. <laughs> Chris, well, you do have power, and you're home, and you have the internet. Uh... Magic Wizards of the Coast is bringing uh, in closed beta right now. Magic the Gathering, the arena. Uh, basically, think about uh, Hearthstone, but with magic cards. Uh, yeah, I would play this. I was a big fan when they came out with the Xbox Arcade Duels of the Planeswalker stuff. I didn't like the interface for it. It was all it was very structured. Like you didn't have the ability to like really select. Like too much of your attacks and like your defensive stuff, um, but I think it was as close as you could get to a digital version of Magic: The Gathering that played well mm-hmm. at the time because those came out like 2012, 2013, I think. Yeah, I think there was another one too, like 2011 or 2014. It was like either before or after the two that I actively played. Um, I think Hearthstone from. Uh, Blizzard, the company behind Diablo, World of Warcraft, StarCraft, the insanely popular, like, Overwatch now. Um, I think they kind of revolutionized the whole digital CCG thing when they came out with Hearthstone a couple years ago. And I played that not even being, like, a huge Blizzard fan. Like, I love Diablo, and I have an on-again, off-again relationship with WoW. Uh, but Hearthstone, it's really easy to pick up. It's really easy to get into. And I think a lot of it has to do with the interface. And I think that's really what's going to boil down to. You can have the best card game in the world. You can have the best digital card game in the world. But if it doesn't play well, if it's not intuitive, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what happened with Duels of the Planeswalker. Because I never even finished that last one that I was playing because there, there was kind of like a ramshackle, like, solo mode to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, where you could keep on getting... Oh, now you have a deck of just birds and weird stuff like that happening. Yeah. Uh, this is designed to be uh, to to be as fun to watch as it is, is to play. So it's set up to be, like, very... Tw- to be twitchable, to be put mm-hmm. on Twitch, uh, to basically go after that esports crowd, um, to have people, like watching this constantly um and it seems like they're going to focus on just the newer sets of cards the newest game modes only uh and i don't know i i i kind of want to see what it is i'm i'm intrigued i kind of want to sign up for the closed beta but i know i won't play it enough to actually care about it because I loved Hearthstone, but man, once so many packs, like, by Champions of Kazon or whatever it was, by the time that came out, I'm like, dude, I just got, I haven't even gotten through the set with 
the <clears throat> with the goblins and gnomes. Like I felt like there was too much too quickly for me to keep up, and I and especially magic, as someone who you don't want to spend money on it. And knowing <clears throat> Magic the Gathering, it's gonna get ahead of me. I'm pretty sure. Really but that's quick. that's the thing. Even with Hearthstone, like you didn't have to invest in it because you could just play the game get gold and then use that gold to buy the expansions or the packs yeah but if you're uh, you're playing people online those people have the better decks than you uh the, but they have like a matchmaking mm-hmm. service set up where you'll <clears throat> only be matched up against players that are at your level so they may have all of those cards but if they're not a good player, you could still beat them with just the free cards that you start off with while you're building your decks. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's well and said in the beginning. But then once you've played through and you played and you've gotten higher in those ranks, and then these new cards come out while you're in a lapse of not playing, and then you start playing again, you're ranked relatively high, but you don't have the cards to beat those. Because that's what happened to me, is I... I ended up just playing the the, the, the mission pack um, and like going through and fighting the spider witch or whatever it was because I had no fun playing against people because I was getting destroyed because I was like, whoa, that card's really cool. Like I have nothing to compete with that. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to play through that, that mission, you know, like uh, tournament or whatever it was called. And that's kind of where I fell out of Hearthstone was I was like, well, I'm... I'm behind the players now with my cards. If cuz I didn't keep up, I didn't I'm a casual player of it. Mm. No, that's uh, that's fair, but ultimately like even as I was I would still consider myself a casual player of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz I the only money I sank into it was to get those expansions so I could play like the mini games and stuff. I never actually bought like packs for it. Uh all that I just kind of unlocked by doing like the daily challenges and winning matches. Um, I, I think it's one of those things like you just needed to maybe switch up your your playstyle a bit and then just kind of like learn how to counteract stuff. Could not be. to not to attack you. Um, no, I like I like I said I'm I'm if we are if we are both casual players, you are five to ten steps higher than I was as a casual player. Like, you you put a little more <clears throat> possibly effort into it. But at the same time, like, those times that you and I have played, you know, I won two games, you won six games. You know, like, that's kind of how our playing would go with those, with when we played together. <clears throat> it is fun to play together, that game. But I, I haven't really seen, like, whether or not on Magic Arena... Like, we'll be able to play against each other. And then again, like, it's all about collecting those cards. You know, at least with... It's hard to say, I, you know, I haven't played the closed beta. There isn't much on the website. So I don't know what the starter packs is. What's made Hearthstone great is, like, you had the seven different classes, right? Like, was it seven? Eleven. Oh, wow, eleven different starting classes? Yep. Uh, to choose from. And, like, you... you you just had a deck and you were ready to go. Like with Magic, it's always been about building your own deck. And like within Red Faction, there's like eight different types of t- styles of Red you could play. And then you could cross colors. Like it's oh, been so nutty. Hearthstone has that too, though. Like because you do have eleven different classes, but then each class 
has multiple different play styles depending on what you want to do with that class. Mm-hmm. Rogue has um, the sneak stealth. It, it, it it's, has the mill. It's very metagamey. And, and one of the things I think that kind of got me through the game and kind of kept me, I don't want to say active, but competitive in it, was listening to like Hearthstone podcasts and then looking at like stuff online that was like, okay, you know, what are the best decks out there? What's the best way to counteract them? Okay, well, how can I do that with what I have? Um, so, I mean, it is it is kind of more intensive than just saying like, okay, like they gave me this free deck, I'm going to play with this and see how far it gets me. Because um, if you do put the work into it, yeah, like you can you can progress through. It's just you just have to put the work into it, which got hard for me because they changed the um, the actual playstyle for it, where they kind of made it more to like a limited thing where you could only use certain sets actively unless you wanted to play like wild, which was basically unrestricted, where you could use like cards from any set. Yeah, I got out before wild, uh, and that's the thing was, with magic. Was I at think that point, because I was like, wild. oh, well, you know what? I don't want to play the wild version of it. I'd like to stay in it, but I was limited with the cards that I had, and I was like, oh, I, I don't want to keep just using the same deck for now, so I just dropped out. So now that you dropped out of that, would you go to Magic Arena? Um, I would try it. I don't know. I mean, I have Hearthstone downloaded still. Like, I could pick it up at any point just to get back into it, but I haven't. Um, I, I would gladly give Magic Arena a try, though. Alright. That's all I wanted to hear from Chris. So the episode's over, guys. Everything's good. Bye. Bye. No. Great review. Those things. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, let's get into uh, the next beer. Chris, you were trying to segue it to the next beer. What are you? Yeah. Uh, next up from Sweetwater, I have their Triple Tail. This is actually part of their catch and release seasonal line, and this is a tropical IPA. Um, when I first popped this open and started drinking it, I got a lot more of the tropical uh, taste. They say. Um, Look for notes of papaya, pineapple, and passion fruit, and I feel like you get that a lot more right at the the front. But now that I'm kind of on the bottom of the class, the hops have really kind of overpowered all that tropical fruit flavor. Um, it's still good; it's still drinkable, but I I wish I had more of that fruit pop to it. Nice. And what was this called? Triple Tail. Triple Tail. It's got mm. a. I mean, all their beer have uh, fish on the right. The labels, but this has like an orange and blue fish. Nice. It's not uh, bad. I mean, it's it's, <clears throat> it's good, but five point five percent ABV. Um, it, it's the straws golden. Forgot about the straw until I poured this. I was like, wow, it looks just like the last year that I had. <laughs> not not great, not bad. There's so many other tropical IPAs out there that I feel like I could pick up that would have more of that fruit forward flavor throughout that this one when I first like took my initial sips I was like oh this is really great this is really pleasant and that was at the time that you were trying your beer and you're like ooh ooh <laughs> and I was like yeah this this is great too and then like as I started to progress through the beer as we're doing the week geek I was like oh like all of those notes are lost now I'm just drinking basically another IPA in uh, <clears throat> And all of our tropical notes are still there in this beer. Uh, Paul, you wanna you wanna introduce yeah. one, this one? Yeah, this is uh, another <clears throat> one from uh, other half. This is the Centennial. 
And this is what I was looking for when I ordered a Centennial, the wet hop, though, from uh, Woodcock Brothers yesterday. But that was all dankiness. This is that light, mildly sweet, just tropical note. Tropical. It's 6.5 ABV, and it's just refreshing, light, and delicious, and dangerous. I don't want to finish this beer because I don't want I don't want those flavors to go away. Uh it's delicious. Passion fruit, not pineapple. Uh, but it's that tropicaliness to it. Um I my first sip I said it it's like uh uh fruit loops. The beer you know like kind of those tropical flavors but better. Uh but this hasn't this hasn't gone away, Chris. Like it's amazing flavors all throughout that um, sounds fantastic. I'm sad. I will never ever have it. <laughs> um, well, you know, if your state wasn't in a crisis, I have one can <laughs> of this left. I would have mailed it to you. No but way. who knows if it would get there? Somebody'd open it up and be like, they'd be like Tom Hanks on a desert island, like, "Hey, what's in this one? Yeah, centennial beer. I'll drink it." You'd never get it. Never. And I might. It's so good. I might not even send it to you. So there that's okay but, i understand uh i delicious um yeah i i'm very happy with this this beer it is very good i'm i'm it reminds me oh, what was the tropical one from great lakes that we used to like that just turned nasty alchemy hour alchemy hour no, liquory monster no that was never tropical <clears throat> that was always piney it was like pineapple-y all right anyways Guys, what are you? What comic books are you looking forward to coming out uh, September thirteenth, two thousand seventeen? Seventeen, Chris. What are you looking forward to, bud? Uh, I'm looking forward to one of my old favorites, and it's being relaunched in the new Marvel Legacy Generations, whatever they're they're calling Generations. where they're at now. Uh, this is Runaways number one, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Chris Anka. Uh, hey, the gang's back, uh, Nico. Carolina, Chase, Old Lace, and maybe Gert. Um, we'll, we'll see who, who winds up popping up in this book, because that was kind of always the fun of Runaways. It's, if you don't know, it's a book about a bunch of teenagers who find out their parents are supervillains and then go on the run to try to escape them. And then they're just wacky, madcap adventures through basically the D-list of the Marvel comics. Uh, I don't know, I'm... I'm happy to see this coming back. This is a book that originally launched by Brian K. Vaughn years ago when we actually just made our return to comic books. And our part, Al- Alfona, Alfona... Adrian Alfona, yeah. Adrian Alfona. There it is. Yeah. And that was fun art. You know, it, was, it yeah. fit the book. Uh, Chris Anka is a fantastic artist, too, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this book. Mm-hmm. Paul, you, you got one? Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to see what this Oz effect is all about. Uh, the Oz effect part one is happening over in uh, Action Comics number 987, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Victor Bogdanovic. Uh, and if, have you been keeping up with the uh, the countdown clock or anything? No, no you're just hopping in. But this is the story that began in DC Universe Rebirth number one. Begins to end here. Oh. They ended in a preposition, so I had to pay attention. It begins to end here. That is a sentence that happened in the previews, so mm. that's why I'm here. Uh, Mr. Oz begins to move as a man of steel works to stop the chaos. 
and it's unleashed upon Metropolis. John, did I give you enough time to pull up your book? Yeah, no, I had oh, it ready as soon as we were going to do it. In uh, my book is going to be uh, a hardback reprinting of a Frank Miller book that's been out of oh, print no. for years. Uh, <laughs> this is old Frank Miller. Uh, when I enjoyed his stuff, Ronin, Batman Year One, um, I enjoyed most of uh, Sin City because I like that noir kind of style. And this is hard boiled. Uh, this is being um, a, a second reprinting. Uh, this is the first time it's ever being collected in hardcover. Um, it's been recolored by uh, Dave Stewart. And this is Frank Miller and uh, Jeff Darrow. Um, hard-boiled, it is a insurance collector uh, having to team up with a tax collector who's homicidal and crazy and kind of this out-there crazy uh, story with the two of them and being, you know, mit- mis- mismatched and craziness ensues. How many prostitutes will be in this book? <laughs> Who knows? It's Frank Miller. So it's Frank Miller. Uh, and also, it's also before Frank Miller got, like, super racist, so oh. it works. Um, it's one of those ones that it's been on my watch list for uh, 15 years or so. It's finally, like, coming out where you can get it. Um, you going to buy the hardcover? No, I'll probably see if it's digital no. and just buy it digital. Because then I can just, if it's bad, I just delete it. Uh, the book, I'm I'm stuck with it. Uh, but no, it's something that I've I've wanted to read for a long time. It's up there as one of those ones like, oh, it's one of the best Frank Miller books ever. Um, uh, Jeff Darrow is a fantastic artist too. Like he does an insane amount of detail on like oh, every page and every panel. Just on the cover alone, it's like, man, there's a lot going on in that book. Uh, uh, I don't know if you read it, but it came out a few years ago from the Wachowski. Uh, brothers at the time, they're Brilliant Man Press. He did a book, uh, Shaolin Cowboy. Yes, I did. Yeah. Read, I did uh, read that. That that was his artwork. <clears throat> yeah, no, I love that book. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so it t- to me, it's worth a checkout. It's only nineteen ninety nine for the hardback. Um, I I don't mind paying that. Uh, I feel like I'm getting something that I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, and that's my pick. Good, good picks all around. And now for Bagged and Boardcast, dramatic reading of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Volume 1, page 55, panel 2. My milk's spoiled. Ugh. And that was a dramatic reading of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Volume 1, page 55, panel 2. Can we take a pause? Yeah, of course. Okay. Now, Chris, from what I hear, not from the dramatic reading, but from we, your... We're supposed to not call it out anymore. Remember last episode where I'm like, guys, don't you remember we did, how we We did never... mention we don't call it out, but then yeah. we call, call it out. We call what out? out? All the time. It was supposed to be a secret, like... We didn't even know what was happening. I kind of want to get back to that. Oh. Uh, well, before I was interrupted, I, 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 I was going to throw... That sports talk, so I, 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 I support that. Yes! We're the Buffalo Bills. We're going to the Super Bowl! 
<laughs> they're not completely losing. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, this is also from the Sweetwater Variety Pack, and this is their uh, Black Lager, and this is part of their Hatchery series, and this is the third release from that. Uh, and with the sampler pack, there was one of these in there, and this is the beer from it that I've enjoyed the most so far. Uh, it's a 5% ABV. It says, don't be scared of the dark. Black Magic might look big, but this it's not. This 5% ABV lager is actually light and crisp. Yeah, it's it's a black... Uh, black lager i always like the darker toasty beers um i'm happy to see something a little bit darker in the sampler pack because the other four beers between the uh triple tail the hash uh going coastal which is their ipa with pineapple and then their 420 pale ale they're all really light hoppy beers um this one still has a fair bit of hop to it but i just like a little bit different flavor profile with that like toasted malt on it um, this is good. I wish there were more than just one of them in the sampler pack, but I guess beggars can't be choosers at this point. Uh, Chris, do you like that maltier flavor now that it's going to be fall in your area? Is it because... Uh, it <laughs> do you, wait, wait. <laughs> let me ask, Let me repurpose that question. Do you like that malty flavor now that a hurricane is going to pass over your head? I've always kind of just appreciated that maltier flavor more. I mean, uh, my favorite beers have always tended to be more like of the darker like the porter and the stout variety and then as soon as we like discovered black ipas and i was like yes this mm-hmm. this is for me and then they cease to exist um i don't know i still love ipas and you know ambers and I- i'm starting to get more into like the sours and the goza style but you know nothing nothing can just be like a nice seasonal stout i mean all the pumpkin beers are coming out now so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in my wheelhouse soon and actually, they've already started to come out, I should say. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it, that's that's just my flavor profile. And Paul, you used to be the same way, so mm-hmm. don't point fingers. Oh, I don't point fingers, but <clears throat> man, when you say malty, richness, smoky hops, I think fall. I I've, I've really I, I try to get John here to just drink the, you know, see the folly kind of beers and ciders that I wanted this week, but. These are delicious. <laughs> These are really good. I do not fault John at all. I'm sorry that I get no, fresh get beers it. and I bring them to you and I share. So you good. drank fifteen dollars worth of beer today. <laughs> Thank you. Did I ask you for any money? Did I be like, hey Paul, you know, like these are really expensive beers yeah. that I'm sharing with you? Did I say any? No, no. no. no you're a great friend, <laughs> and I appreciate that. That's all. I was leading into that. And you're just well, I'm sorry, I thought I was getting shit on. No. What's this what's this next beer that it's, John feels attacked over? No, it's it's nice, it's delicious. This is another over half uh other half. This is their double dry hopped. And I've learned I like the dry hop a lot more than the wet hop. I'm not a big fan a fan of the dank. Yeah. Like if I want a dank, then I'll look for it, but most of the time I want a uh, dry hopped. Give me a pale ale. And this is all Citra everything. And Citra, I think it's number one in the bullet with a bullet on my uh, favorite hop. You know what just turned me otherwise? That Centennial beer in, in front of it. I think I like that Centennial flavoring more than the Citra. Citra, it has that, it's that well, this orange, has got peel, like... orange peel sweet, but not marmalade, like tart. 
But again, a little marmalade because of the t- marmalade sweetness. This is again, the- this is uh, this is a beer only using one hop to it, and then it's getting that extra. It's getting that double dry hop. So it's like it's almost like a chewy version of that hop in this beer. Or as light as we said, forever and ever was. All these these other two beers have been like big mouthfeel, like little resiny all over the tongue. That centennial, you swallow it and you're like, man, that was a big flavor on my tongue. And it just and lingers. it just stayed and it just like smoothed out. This one too. This one too. Yeah, very much so. Like it's got it's 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 very different and it is that arm orange marmaladiness mm-hmm. to it. And it's delicious. And, I, and, and there's I, a white. Slight sweetness to it, but that that double dry hopping. Uh, not that I've had this beer, not double dry hopped, mm-hmm. um, because you have to know somebody to have these beers. Oh, John knows somebody. Everybody, I do. Uh, Breaking story. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, you want to say that came to you by witchcraft? O- almost. Um, but it has like uh, I I I totally forgot what my point was. Let me take another sip. Mm-hmm. You were saying Centennial beats Citra. I'm saying Citra. I'd rather have... This beer has, like, more... This beer has more mouthfeel, mm-hmm. and I think it's due to the double dry hopping. Um, not that I know what this beer tastes like... Single dry hopped? With with just the, the regular hopping that it would do. But this definitely has... the Out of these beers, I think we did them in the perfect order. Mm-hmm. The Session, the Centennial, and then this beer, because this is the biggest flavor of this beer eight and a half percent too so we did do them in kind of sequential sequential order here this is going to tear me off the frame by the way by the end of this episode Uh, if not already i am off the frame well i was going to do another beer between the books so Mm. oh we have sorted we have a we have a cider that paul was like "Mm, i want to drink it ciders are good though yeah it's from blackbird Cider, yeah, they're it? a good cidery. We had them on tap at my wedding. Mm-hmm. Chris didn't have those because after after his seventh uh, Lake Erie Monster, <laughs> everybody cut him off. And if no, anyone no, was feeding him booze, it might Lake have been Erie my wife. Kicked, and then I was drinking the uh, the New Belgium. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you shouldn't you, have been drinking anything which else. Cider was it? Was I it their estate. Uh, it was their draft. Okay, the premium draft. Yeah, I was. We were there yesterday, Kate and I. Hence why I bought the beer. Hey, happy cider. anniversary. We didn't mention that at the beginning well, of the you. show. 11 years. Right. Thank you so much. Uh, that was last week. We took the week off. We put an audit episode. We also had a lot of technical difficulties with us switching over to a new platform. So you've seen a lot of shows happen all this week. And if you listen to them, they're like, they recorded this weeks ago. Yeah. It's all because uh, of that. <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm now internet accessible again, so I'm doing show notes for this episode. Hey. And the interface is a lot easier to put stuff in on. Um, the website, it looks like producer Scott's still working on it. So, hey, thank you, Scott. I think mm-hmm. it's going to look really crisp and clean. It's going to be a nice uh, drinkable IPA of a website. So, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. com. Yeah, I'm excited. Get on it. coming up. I think it's going to be good. Get on board, yeah. everybody. Uh, yeah. That's our tagline. That's our tagline. It, it, was a, it was a thing. I, I said it a couple times before. Mm-hmm. Haven't said it in years, probably. I remember it. That's why I said it now, because, no, I thought it was something to pick up and run with. Yeah. I really need a mouse pad, guys. Like, my wrist is fucking killing me. Oh, one with the, uh... Yeah, it needs to have, like, the little, like... The wrist wrist support? Shelf. Hmm. Do not... 
Do not do that weird stuff. Oh, on. the weird Japanese boob one? Don't yeah. do that. Don't do it. I'm so happy you knew exactly where I was going with that, because if I had <laughs> no. to explain it, I would have felt I so awkward. It. Okay, I don't feel like that would be actually... Well, it might be comfortable, but I don't see it being like usable, because wouldn't your wrist get stuck between the boobs, and then you can't like move to the right or left? You can I only like, hit it. I think it's a uniboob kind of situation. Like I just feel like the nipples would tickle my wrist. No, I don't. Do they have nips? No, no nips. I think it's an athletic sports bra situation. Oh, I rather have the nips. It's in the uh, little bumps. That's what makes them boobs. That's what makes them boobs. We're going into our training policy, and this is my month, so you know things are going to go bad and wrong. Uh, and I picked originally The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, written by Roberto Angura Sacara. Aguirre Sacasa. Sacasa. That's what uh, Chris is here for. Us. <laughs> and art by Robert Hack, uh, Roberto Angura Sacasa. Aguirre Sacasa. <laughs> he, he, he was the writer of uh, Afterlife with Archie. And I'm like... I hey, you no wrong. Also, the the writer of the Marvel Knights Four book with Steve McNiven. Oh, I also that I, I would say made you the Fantastic, Fantastic Four fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I enjoy that as well. So I'm like, I can do no wrong with this chilling adventures of Sabrina. It's in the same line. We all loved Afterlife with Archie. You guys were like, yes, pick more like this, Paul, and you'll be fine. And I started reading it, and I'm like, ooh, this is like a love letter to EC Comics. Really wordy. Kind of tough to get through. A lot of caption, word balloon captions. John it's, and Chris are going to hate this. I better switch it up. It is very wordy, but right at the beginning, there was a letter of introduction from Roberto Aguirre Sacasa that he comes out and says that uh, Afterlife with Archie was his love letter to Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. But then Sabrina would be his love letter to DC slash Vertigo's Sandman comic book. And then this book was greenlit from Archie Comics immediately. So I kind of went into this book expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a huge Sandman fan since I kind of picked that book up being someone that was like told, like, okay, you like comic books. These are the books that you need to read. Sandman always stuck with me as one of my favorites. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, flip the page. Here we go. Um, yeah, this is definitely board. early Sandman, though. This is early, like, the first two volumes of mm-hmm. Sandman, before it became kind of more fantasy. Uh, this is definitely a lot more horror-based. Yeah. Uh, and that's... and that's, that's, When you told me that, Chris, I was like, oh, okay, I can understand why you like it. Because Madam... Uh, in this book... Madam Satan. <laughs> Madam Satan uh, basically... Skulls in her eyes. Skulls in her eyes. Much like in the first... second The second volume... First volume, the dude had the, uh, the, the mouth for eyes. Yeah, this the mouth for eyes. Exactly. And I'm like, oh! I was thinking it was a love letter to EC Comics, <laughs> and then Chris is like, oh, Paul, didn't you read the <laughs> didn't intro? Didn't you read the intro? No, I didn't skipped Didn't you read it. the book that you picked? No, I skipped the intro. And I'm like, oh, she has skulls for eyes, Madam Satan. So therefore, okay, I can kind of understand where we're going. Uh, but man, it's so wordy. It doesn't feel like a... Neil Gaiman book, but then again, I haven't read the first two trades of Sandman in years. I own them. I have read them. 
But it's like one of those things. Like I read them once, and I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. I I, I read almost the entire series of Sandman, and yes, it was. I mean, it was, it was back in the day, but I've still always held that those are. That's one of the most classic comic book series ever. Like, I mean, when we did our best DC books, there was a reason that I was like, no, yeah, that needs to be in the top five books. Um, it, it is a great series. And like, even like, like I didn't read this series because Paul picked this book. And then the day after that, when I was downloading it, Paul was like, we're not reading this. It's we're gonna pick this because I was reading it and I'm like in my head I kept on hearing John and Chris's voice. Oh, it's just so long. It's just oh I couldn't well, get through it. Well, no, it's, it's not like when you boring. picked 16 books for us to read, like with that Superman book, no, and that was 16. so long. Birthright yeah, was really long. It was so Birthright. long. No, I would say okay, yes, this is really wordy, mm-hmm. but to contrast it against the book that we'll be talking about later i feel like this is wordy but this is conversational wordy where as i'm going through the panels and the word balloons i don't feel like i'm being bogged down because everything kind of has a flow to it i i guess we should talk about this book um before we talk about this book because this is the story of sabrina spellman the teenage witch that you may know if you ever read the archie comic book or you watch the abc tjf show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I never read the Sabrina comic book. I watched pretty much all of the ABC Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Including the crossover with Boy Meets World. I, I, fucking all of it, Paul. All of it. I know you All did. of it. I, I, I watched all of it. I never once had the thing of like, oh, this is based off of a comic book. And I they should also, read that comic book. They I had a crossover based, with well, two guys, a girl, and a pizza shop. Two guys and girls in a pizza place. But besides the point, I knew this was based off of a comic book. I never cared because, oh, it's an Archie comic. I don't need to read that. Reading this comic book made me be like, okay, they're drawing so much stuff from what I know from the TV show. Was this actually based off the comic book? And should I go back and look up that Sabrina comic book? Because I might like it. It won't be the same. It, I know, I know it won't be the same, but it's hitting a lot of stuff like, okay, from watching the TV show, and that's the only real frame of reference I have. Mm-hmm. Sabrina is a teenage witch, titular <laughs> line. It says it right uh, there. She she lives with her aunts, Hilda and Zelda. Okay, they're in this book. She has a pet cat named Salem. He's in this book. He was a human or a warlock who was turned into a cat because he did some shit. So this is kind of his punishment. He only tried okay, to reenact. Carries, he only tried to reenact the Book of Revelations. Come on, that carries through. She has a crush on a boy named Harvey Kinkle. Okay, that was in the show. That's in this book. Uh, a lot of what I know from the TV show is carried on in this book, and I feel like this is so much more based off of the original comic books than the TV show that maybe everything I loved about the TV show starring the perennial uh, 90s favorite Melissa Joan Hart I would have actually liked I I feel like reading this I should at least read Sabrina the Teenage Witch the comic because 
I'm okay with like powdered sugar versions of these characters. I think. Uh, and I I didn't read this book. Paul said we're not reading this. Mm-hmm. We're going to read this book. So I read that the other book that we're going to also talk about. But when Chris said it was like, oh, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, his his answer to Sandman and Neil Gaiman. And as soon as I looked at the first page, I was like, ooh, I dig, yeah. this. I dig this artwork. It's there. And I was like, ooh, thumb, thumb, thumb. And I've thumbed through almost the entire book, like mm-hmm. grabbing little bits and pieces here or there. Uh, but it does look a little wordy, but it, it you can tell from the panel to panel to panel that it flows it definitely is telling this story. And it was also the thing that before we recorded, when we were talking about this, I was like, Paul, you need to go against your instinct. Your instinct was, we weren't going to like this. And we do. And the things that you're like, Oh, they'll love this. And we hate it. Like if you like it, it's probably a no. If you hate it, we'll like it. And I think, I think this would have been, this would have been a good, pick for a trade and policy because it's something yeah, that it's, also it's something it's where i make it a month ago and you guys take time and read it versus dude like, you just bought it like a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah, that's true and if anything we all yeah we when all we all read them like a day or two before the episode mm-hmm. i was reading we, it on friday and i was like yeah. That's when I made the call. Like, yeah. yeah. And then when because, you like, oh, we're reading this for the show. And that's why I was like, wait, what? Because I don't remember this being mentioned at all. And it was, it was on, on the Google Doc. It was on our Google Doc where we have that. things listed. I'm sorry. I don't look at that. No, you do. But also, I was in the same boat you were when Paul was like, oh, we're reading Sabrina. I was like, that's what we're doing? Question mark? And I was all set. I hit the button. I started downloading it. And then Chris and then Paul was like, eh, "You guys will hate it. It's done." Friday night. Well, I'm that's where gonna... I was at because I had already said like, "Oh well, I I downloaded this, so I might as well read it because mm-hmm. I mean I've just been in my apartment because you know I don't want to leave in case I get blown away. I'm a tall dude. That happens. <laughs> you just become a parasol. I'm thin as so, a rail. So I I read this and this is the story of it, it's a period piece too. It takes place like early. 1960s um it's sabrina being raised by her two witch aunts and it's a coming of age story this is her approaching her 16th birthday where she can take like unholy communion and become like a full-fledged witch or she can just be like nah bro not for me and then mm-hmm. and then not uh and in the background of this madam satan from mm-hmm. the original like pep comics because uh, I, I did flip through the backup, uh, is another witch that's been spurned by Sabrina's father, and she finds her way back to the mortal realm, and now she's out to enact her revenge. And these these two stories weave together in a way that I was like, yeah, I I really like the Archie book. I liked Afterlife with Archie. I like the one random one shot or whatever it was we read of Sabrina. Uh yeah, this this I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book that I looking at it, thumbing through it. I'm like, well, I don't know. If Paul's talking about it. I would love this book. I 
we're horror like Chris and I are horror fans. Like we love this kind of stuff. There's a fucking lady walking around with skulls for eyes and but needed They're to replace her. And face. she's got a, like a and fake face that she puts over it. When you say skulls for eyes, yes, they're skulls, but they almost look like baby fetus skulls. Like, yeah. like the proportions of them, it's really creepy. Mm-hmm. It's it's everything about this book is a little creepy, a little. But off. then she has like lipstick drawn on over her teeth, so she still has lips. Yeah, it like yeah, it looks it looks good, and I'm like, oh man, it's the book that I'm actually going to like. Go ahead and read it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna read like I'm going to read it. Definitely, try. I think it's it's definitely not what if you were a fan of Afterlife with Archie, and you're like, oh, I want something that ties into Afterlife with Archie. This is not that book. But this is dark this is and macabre, diff- and it fits in a world of dark and macabre. But it's a different. It's range not style. a pair. It's, it's a different. It, it's not oh, a parody oh, of that. Oh, if, I'm of, gonna, I need ahead. to jump in here because I think yes, this is the same writing style. It's from the same writer. It is the same writer, but it's not the same. And then style. also Betty and Veronica are the same Betty and Veronica that appeared in Afterlife with Archie. They're the ones responsible for starting the zombie outbreak at Riverdale. And they get brought in because they have a history with witchcraft and spoilers. Spoilers always in effect whenever we talk about anything. They have a history of reviving the dead, which is how they bring back uh, Sabrina's boyfriend, Harvey. Yeah, like They, they, well, they tie everything in, and I definitely feel like this is a sister book to that. I think it's a more of... I, I would put it one step away from sister because it doesn't tie in with Afterlife with R2, which is well, no, what I it's was not, expecting. It's not a tie-in. It's not a tie-in book, it's a cousin, but it is... It's a cousin to that book. The, to me, Afterlife with Archie is a parody of Archie books where they're saying like, oh, hey, it the, you have this goofy world... Let's throw zombies in there, and it's the George Romeroing mm-hmm. of of that series. This is hey, it's a book about witches. Let's f- fucking fill it with witches and witchcraft and demons and all that bullshit. Like mm-hmm. to me, it fits more in this book than it did in Afterlife with Archie. And I didn't even read it. I just looked at. <laughs> I just looked at the pictures. I just looked at the pictures. There's a scene where like. Where Sabrina comes home as a little girl and she's like, "Oh, a girl bullied on me." And then one of the aunts goes up and is like, "Hey, are you this person?" I'm a fucking spider, and like is like, Argh! and then they come back and they feel justified. Like we scared the hell out of that girl. That girl shit her pants, <laughs> and we crushed her dollhouse, giant spider style. Like, no, like I'm like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense just in me thumbing through and looking at the pictures, not reading anything. It was a good pick. I didn't even read it. Oh, oh this, this would have been a good pick. If you had just like submitted this and then not said anything, I'd be like, all right, Paul, like, you know the books that I like to read. And I mean, like, the thing is, is Paul, is you always, like, you try, you try in a way to educate us. And we're idiots. We're simpletons. And we're like, oh, no, Habibi. Oh, that's that's a really heavy topic. Like, yeah. uh, like we agree, it's a good book. But it's like, oh, like no, we did, we didn't want to read that for fun. Right, right. 
I don't I don't knock the fact that I've read it. I think it's a, a, a thing that like yeah, the book is a work of art. It's beautiful. The story, woof, heavy. But I've read it, and it's based off of you know. It's a it's a it's a story. Like it's it's something that is in our past that I can imagine most people have not read. Uh, you know the the different things, even even um the Jeff Lemire book, like it it is something that came Essex from County. Essex County. I mean that that came from that guy's heart and soul, and we read it, and it it, it wasn't as wordy, wordy, but it was long. It was long, and then all of a sudden I was really thrown off when all of a sudden I'm reading about a bus driver, and yeah. I was like, oh man, it's not just but about they that all kid. Three tied together by the end. Ugh, I didn't get to the end. Uh, but like those, those are those are things that like it's like it's times ten because we're doing it on a podcast and we gotta jab you about it, <laughs> right? But there's things that like there's things that I have I've loved. Hey, I've flaming carrot is one of my favorite things. I've had you guys read it I think once or twice, and you guys have like been like, "This is awful, John. You're stupid. Like, what's wrong with you?" And I take that and I go, "Okay." It's just for me. I'm gonna lock it in my heart. I love Flaming Carrot. The the other guys, they think it is the stupidest shit alive. Uh, but I, I think if you but also for for this book, I feel like reading that introduction put me in the mind frame to right. read this because reading Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I read this as a love letter to the 1980s Sandman book by Neil Gaiman. That was written as a period piece from the 1960s based off of a character from the 1950s. So I I almost had to, like, incept this book and read it through that. To, to use, like, the word from last week, or the last episode, uh, I had to read this through that filter. Because mm-hmm. uh, and and if I had just started picking this, like, this book up and read it as is, I probably wouldn't have made that connection. I wouldn't have read this as a Sandman-esque horror story. And even those first two volumes of the Sandman, those are my least favorite. It's as soon as it kind of finds its footing and becomes more fantasy than horror, and it starts to kind of play with the nature of storytelling, that's what hooked me about this book. But reading this, I was like, okay, I, I get what Sabrina's being at this point and it's through that lens of like okay i know these characters it might be a little bit different but i can still kind of place what i know into this like 2000 storytelling version of a 1980s book based off the 60s but like inceptions inceptions I also like as soon as I opened this book and I saw the art, I was like, I was down to fuck. I was really? like, I was like, mm, mm, I kind of like, I like, I, I really I've like been the doing look the of the show with you guys for like how many years now, and I still don't know your. Case. You don't know us at all, but it's 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 a difference well, between. If you had just read the introduction, <laughs> I think I would have known that you would have liked it then, Chris, yeah. but not John. It's a difference too on in. This is. Uh, it's it's a difference on how you were raised. Like both Chris and I are from, uh, from broken homes, and that more of like, yeah, no, you want to watch this? Yeah, let's watch this movie. Let's let's watch Army of Darkness. Let's watch you know this movie. Like nothing was like, 
in a way like taboo. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, let's yeah. You want to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, let's do that. Like, where you were kind of from. That's what the family did on Monday nights. I watched watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my mom until it got really awkward. But it was like, oh, it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing. Like, oh, you know, like, it was a joke if we were watching a movie and like boobs came on the phone or like on the, on the phone, on the, on the screen. And my dad would be like, look, cover your eyes. Like, he did that till I was 25. Like, I was like, I was an adult. I, I had had some sexual conquest, like, mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, boobs, covering your eyes. Like, it's something like, I'm 35. Like, he would still just do just to bust my chops. Like, it was never, like, a taboo thing to watch anything or have anything portrayed in front of you. Where, in you, like, you can't, you have younger brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah. You can't, can't play that game. You Veron- can't. Uh, for Resident, Resident Evil, Evil Code Veronica in the house because yeah, and it's like oh, it's like oh, what if you were, <laughs> if you were to say uh, the McGowan family is to what on TV? You would say the Huxtables pre Bill, yeah. you know Bill Cosby raping all those women. Like it would be just like oh yeah, no, they're the Huxtables. Like they're just that TV family. They don't. They don't swear. We don't. Paul's Paul's father. He's only heard him swear a few times, and half of them were because of me. And not my just dog, my dad was like saying, "Oh yeah, every once in a while we would slip and we'd fall because we'd step into DS, and because we were talking about the Nintendo DS." And my dad's like, "Why would anybody want to buy that system?" Because we were used to say. Oh, there's DS in this yard. Or dog shit. My dad would not say shit. I made him say shit. (laughs) And everybody knew what he was talking about. I had no clue. Yes. And my dad's like, no, a dog dropped, you know, his poop. And then I got it, but I still played dumb. Wait, what's the S? (laughs) And it's like, you know, dog poop. So dog, DS, dog. Dog what? (laughs) You know, dog. Yes. I was such a shitty person. And then you're like, no, no, no. What's the yes? My dog's, my dad's finally like, no, dog shit, John. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How are you getting this? Because you know, we're McGowan's. We're McGowan. They're we McGowan. Trust that you are being above board with us, and you're honestly not getting it. And. We're explaining you had to spell it out because for we have to be helpful. You had to spell it out for we me. We had to help you. We had to get you there. We because we couldn't leave you there. You can't leave me there. You, and I'm we're asking for help. I, I look so lost in the woods. <laughs> you did. And, I, I, <laughs> and, and it turns out I'm the I'm the wolf in Grandma's clothing. I was like, I hate you right now. <laughs> this is the most I have. That was the moment I hated John the most. And oh, and I'm an asshole, too. I'm so oh. glad my friendship got beyond that. But anyways, where our friendship might end, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. The only time, other time that I ever heard my dad swear was when he broke his freaking knee. <laughs> he took a blind drive from a safe a softball tournament into the knee and broke his kneecap. Well, I got him to swear twice, though. Yeah. You heard, I got him to do it twice. Yeah, twice. So uh, the, but anyways... Enough of my conquests, sexual or not. Uh, we have another book to read. So, uh, hey, hey, before we get into this next book, 
because you made us quote unquote read two books. Let's talk I, about our next our next liquid that we're drinking. One, I made you read one book. Chris, one book. Well, Chris, Chris books. read. Chris read. Chris said he read a couple. Uh, I, I read maybe like the first two issues of the next one. Hey, uh, hey, you you those got are the two good issues. You, those are the two good ones, if you can call them good. <laughs> But we are drinking from Blackbird Cider Works, their Buffalo Bluegrass. This is a Kentucky barrel-aged cider. And this is something that Paul picked up uh, this week. Yeah, just yesterday. I was up at uh, Kenai. It's our anniversary. Uh, it's our 11-year anniversary, so we've been celebrating Congratulations. You said it already. Yeah. So uh, we decided to go up to... Uh, Niagara Escarpment, and we went to Blackbird Cider and also Woodcock Brewing. Uh, and the only thing that I thought was worthy to really bring back for the show was this Woodcock Brothers Breweries. This is no, Blackbird Cider. Works. Blackbird Cider's uh, Kentucky Buffalo Bluegrass. And this is a cider aged in bourbon barrels, and we love bourbon barrels here on the Begging Broadcast. And this felt like it deserved to be on the show. Because it's a nice, crisp cider. This is a really good cider. And then it ends with all that oaky, bourbon-y goodness. What I love is, too, is they have the original labels on this bottle. But then it must have turned out to be a higher ABV. Because then they have, like, a sticker over the oh, really? ABVs on the back. And I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I kind of wanted to peel away and see if it was higher or lower than what they expected. I'm going to peel right he's, now. He's peeling now. Uh, this is a really, really – this is probably one of the best ciders I've had. It has a really nice crispness to it. It's good flavor. The barrel is not overpowering in this at all. Uh, it was supposed to be 5.1 <laughs> ABV. Ah, so it really raised that ABV on this yeah, guy. And it went to 8.0. It went to 8, so 3 extra. Uh, this is really nice, and I thought you would see, like, in the color of this cider, like, some nope. barrel remnants, uh, a darker color, but this is crisp and clear. Um, this and is, first mouthfeel, first taste, it's crisp and clear. I was worried that because of, like, the last beer we had, which was just, like, that ever, uh, Citra everything was just sitting on my tongue. Mm-hmm. When we brought this out and we were going to drink it, I was like, "Oh, is this gonna is this gonna be able to stand up stand up to the IPA tongue that I have?" And it was like, it was just perfect. It just crisp, and it as the cider should be solidified over it. And it was like, "Oh yeah, no, this was well worth it. This is something that does hold up after drinking the three IPAs that we just had." Mm-hmm. Uh, Granted, this is another one. Look at the other half. You kind of have to be nearby or yeah. at the brewery to get uh, uh, this one. They don't offer in keg or in uh, growler or any kind of different variety other than this bottle. I would I would go up there and get this again. It's not oh, that yeah. far for us, for and especially for me, I'm closer. But I would go and buy a couple of bottles of this because mm-hmm. this was fantastic. This is delicious. This is a nice fall beer. Or fall drink. I would definitely want to warm this in a... Um, I would love to make a malt cider out of this. I would like to put this, like, two bottles of this in a crock pot with some uh, nutmeg <laughs> and some cinnamon 
and just like scoop it out with a ladle and just pour it into a mug. Just and have like a just like a uh, make a mulled cider out of this. At first, I thought when he said throw it into a crock pot, I was like, you're gonna cook with this, and I was outraged. And then it's like, oh no, he's still gonna drink it. He's just, just gonna warm it, warm it up, oh, which is fine because you know we live up in the north, Chris, where it gets cold. We have blizzards, not hurricanes. Have hurricanes. Uh, but that's what I get for living near the uh, the coast. So hey, why not drink a Sweetwater Going Coastal? Their IPA brewed with pineapple. Um, this is sorry, I'm flipping around looking on the back. Six point one percent ABV. So I've worked my way up. Um, this is pleasant. This is an IPA with pineapple, like it says right on the label there. And this definitely has more of that kind of like citrus flavor, like more throughout the beer that I kind of wanted from the uh, oh my gosh I'm blanking on the name of it what is it was it was it was it was it the the triple tail um, the other one it's still not like a great beer I would rather have any other tropical or citrus IPA over this I think but you know from a sampler pack of a brewery that I never thought was really that great I think this is a pretty good offering not not the best. Uh, not That's bad, how though. I feel about this book we're about to review. Mm-hmm. Oh. And what book is this, Paul? This is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1, by uh, Abnett and Lanning. Art by Issue Info. Paul uh, Peltier. Paul Peltier. Thank you. Oh, Andy no. Lanning I had it written down. And so Dan I have Abnett. my notebook in front of me. Show notes, guys. Begboard.com. This came out back in, uh, like, 2012? 2008. Two, two, yeah, 2008. Oh, the, the trade actually came out in 2011. Because I was actually curious to see when this came out. And this is something that happened after uh, Annihilation? The Annihilation. Which, which all like, these characters were kind of introduced, and then Abnett and them brought these characters together to create a team. team. Uh, after the Phalanx invasion. So there was two different... Two like different things. Galactic. Two different galactic things. Right before Secret Invasion. Uh, Which this two, the last two issues of this are actually yeah. sees, uh, Secret Invasion tie-ins. Which and I that's what realize. made me be like, wait, when did this come out? Because I feel like this didn't come out that long ago, but it made me realize that they've relaunched Guardians of the Galaxy with new number ones so many times since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to hear, like, this is, this is John... This is John being dumb and also dating this book and how I knew it said 2008 was at one point when uh, uh, Major Victory shows up and then he asks what year and then uh, Mantis is like, oh, it's this in Cree, it's this mm-hmm. and this and this and this and then Earth Years. And it's not like it's not it's not put it with the numerals, but she says like 2008. And then I'm like, oh, that's in the future. Whoa, is that in the future? And then I'm like, wait a second. And I turn back a page and I read it again and I go like, oh, that's in my fucking past. Why did I think it was so far in the future? Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm dumb. And I have to tell everyone how stupid I was while reading this book. Because I'm like, I don't know, is it 1996? No, I'm not reading Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I didn't read that book. I thought I was. Which was I thought in the 1960s. I thought I was in the past, and looking like oh, 2008. That's like really far in the future. 
No. I'm dumb. Because I, as soon as I did that, I, I, I thumbed back two pages and I was like, wait a second, what year did you say this was in? Anywho. Eight years ago. Nine years ago. This is uh, the team of Rocket Raccoon, Star-Lord, Gamora, Trax, Adam Warlock, and Quasar, the female version, which was, I guess, uh, around in Annihilation and the... Parallax War. Parallax War. war. Invasion. Uh, Before Secret Invasion. And this is them with uh, Groot in a potted plant. Mm-hmm. Um bringing these characters together and everything. Having had seen two movies of these characters, I was like... It's why I picked this book, by the way. I was just like, uh, uh they did it better in the movie. <laughs> like, it just, like, I was already against this movie in a way because I was like, oh, I've seen a better version of this story. Story. And um, and then there was the Warlock, Adam Warlock stuff. I've never been an or- Adam Warlock fan. I think he's kind of cool. I've always thought that. He's teased at the end of the second. Yeah. Is he? Yes. No, I'm it just cause because of this when they're like, oh, is that Adam Warlock or do we have Adam Warlock? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like, oh, like it's. It's a good version of what I know, and I had to separate that in my mind, that this is actually the first team of these kind of characters coming together. But then at the same time, I was like, is it? Because it seems like they all got history together. Like, I still feel like I'm missing something. Well, because we didn't read Annihilation. We didn't. But then, like... That kind of, like, put this into, like, perspective for me, because I know I've read other Guardians of the Galaxy books that I enjoyed. This one, I... Spoilers, I really couldn't get into. And then when I finally learned when it came out, I was like, okay, this is still when I didn't care for the Marvel Cosmic Universe kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it really took watching the Guardians of the Galaxy movie to make me be like, oh, wow, like, okay, this is fun. I like this. And then I read the book's based off of that take on these characters because like like it's kind of spoiled at the beginning like i could not get into this book i read maybe the first two issues of it and then i flipped through the next like 100 pages and was like okay this is wordy it's very much like a 1970s like style comic book wordy that i don't care for uh i hadn't even finished issue one and I hit the thing to check how many more pages I had to read, and I was like, oh, it's like 126 more pages. <laughs> this is... It, it, it's, that, it's at that point that I started flipping through it, and then like the last two issues that are like tie-ins to Secret Invasion, and I was like, whoa, I feel like Secret Invasion came out so long ago. We and were still doing that podcast this... when Secret Invasion started. Yeah. It, yeah. it was 2008. Yeah, yeah it... But it seems so long ago, and then seeing this book, like the trade um, legacy here was published in 2011. Okay, this trade was published in 2011. It's 2017 now. We had Guardians of the Galaxy come out in like 2015. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's still such a huge jump from this book to what Guardians was in 2015 when the movie came out. That kind of relaunched like that flavor of character that's like, what? This is a huge departure from what I feel like the Guardians 
are and have been. Paul, so it's not, Paul, that, it's not Paul, that long. Paul is dramatically shaking his head so much his headphones fell off of his head. And that's that's the reason I kind of picked this book as our backup policy. Yeah, backup training the policy because I'm like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two just released on DVD. This fits into what we're kind of like as comic book readers, as comic book nerds, kind of like, uh, and even in, comic book viewers now. Yeah, I, when you went from when, Sabrina to the first volume of Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, oh, okay, like it. it in I a went way, with it Sabrina made, <clears> because I'm like, I won't have anything horror slash October but it fits in with my last pick it makes sense this I'm like oh the next volume of Guardians of the Galaxy came out on DVD let's talk it fits let's it, go with this it fits in, in where we in where we fall um, this does not feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy from the DVD from the movies you know what I really had a problem with how baggy of an outfit Star Lord was in it always looked too big for him. And I was fine with Rocket wearing the same outfit and it being a little big because I'm like, well, that's a raccoon wearing the same <laughs> outfit. I, Why I, what is this? Really took what took me out of it was uh, Gamora's outfit. Mm. Ooh, she looks so slutty. Yeah, she does. I, I have no like feeling it's the same character from the, like, the movies. And I hate to be the comic book podcast that's basing my thoughts on a comic book off of the movie, but... I've never been that cosmic fan. Like, mm-hmm. I just I can't get into it. And this book was a prime example of of why. And I'm sorry, Paul, but this Don't book need to is apologize. To the, this no, this book is to the cosmic universe at Marvel as Dark Phoenix was to the like Marvel mutants. Like, uh, they're both prime examples of. What I don't like about reading comic books from that time, oh. as much as I can respect the characters or the story, but it's just, for whatever reason, it doesn't work. And I know I like Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning as comic book writers, because we've read mm-hmm. a lot of stuff from them. And it's things that I've enjoyed, but I, it's just the cosmic stuff. I can't get into it. Uh, and I, I would agree into a, into a certain sense, and I, I like the fact that they were like, um, no, nah, like... Crazy bullshit. And I was like, oh yeah, crazy bullshit. Okay, I can get behind, mm-hmm. hey, they're just saying it's crazy bullshit and they're fighting it. And I totally got it. And then issue like two or three, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, we just got a Paul and X factored. Yeah. They, they, they ruined the, this trade if they had continued on on the arc that they were going. Mm-hmm. Crazy bullshit. Major they're filling up the, uh, uh, the weird pictures <clears throat> that are happening in the universe yeah. because they're getting eyeless weight. And then you tie in major victory from the original uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book from the the seventies or eighties or whatever that mm-hmm. shit happened in, and they continued on that storyline of where they were going with it. I think I would have been more happy than all of a sudden in the middle of this book. Oh, secret invasion happened, and here's a bullshit scroll story. This is where secret invasion starts. It, it, it was stupid. It was stupid to have like, oh, it's 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 scrolls, and then like in the last half of the book, it's like, hey, we're the good scrolls. We don't want to do that 
but mm, you did these things. The only thing that came out of the last half of this book was how cool Drax is and how different Drax is in the comic books to the movie yeah. Persona. Very different. And that's what I was... I was like, oh, okay, at least this is interesting to talk about. It, it, when, it would be something to comparing. talk about comparing the two, and and, and, and I get that. Because Kate and I, we just recently watched Volume 2, uh, the movie, and I'm like, oh, okay. I screwed up. I picked Sabrina. You guys are going to hate that. But Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, you guys love Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's, let's do that. Evan and Lanning, they do no wrong. I, I Not was... realizing there's this freaking secret innovation tie-in. And, 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 <laughs> and exactly. And the thing is, is I looked at this as like, oh, you know, he threw us. He and I don't even th- I don't even call this like a curveball, but then it was like, oh man, he's throwing us a home run with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. It's going to be an easy read. It's mm-hmm. going to be bip bam boom. We like these characters already. He's- these characters aren't even the characters though. Like the movies, no. like you actually get when you're reading the debriefings in these comics between Adam Warlock, uh, all the characters, all the characters. Like, they're all the same. And it feels like, oh, this is 2000. Was Big Brother a thing in 2008? The the, the debriefings that happen during the action of the story, and it just, like, stops with a panel to explain basically what just happened in the panel to that character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it takes you out of it. And it took me, like, it took me a good issue and a half to go okay i thought uh, it was the first issue oh this is them explaining the mindset of each character we're going to get past it after the first issue we're not going to have this anymore and then it kept on happening and then i was like oh was like big brother and <clears throat> lost and all those other reality television shows lost was not a reality tele- television show <laughs> paul is that why you didn't like lost because you think it's reality tv yeah Survivor, whatever it's called. Yeah, oh, yeah. Survivor. They, they Big difference in Lost, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're both on islands. Bait, bait them. Uh, <laughs> but, well, like, these, like, weird, like, interview room kind of things. Yeah. Oh, this is probably big back in that day, time. That's yeah, it's 2008. Happened. It's well, almost ten years ago. It's eight years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Yeah, because it's 2007. Mm-hmm. If it was 2018, which is happening in a few months, it'd be 10 years ago, mm-hmm. which I said is almost 10 years mm-hmm. ago. But people listening to this 10 years from now won't listen. Listen, I can't, I can't worry about the future listeners. They're not to. there. You have to. It's a podcast. <laughs> Time machines. We mentioned them quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> no. Chris. Overall, yes. all these characters feel about the same, right? And yeah, and it's sad because I, as you guys were talking, I just I'm on Comicsology right now, and I clicked on uh, Dan Abnett, one of the writers, you know, half of the Abnett and Lanning team, just to see what else he's done. That's like, no, this is stuff that we've read and enjoyed, and there's so many books that he's done that I feel like such better. Mm-hmm glimpses at who the characters are and their storytelling chops. It's crazy for me to have read this book and then because I wasn't reading Guardians of the Galaxy at that time, not that I am now, but 
to read this and then say like, oh no, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I would just be like, what? No, like that book's not good. And I know even when they announced the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, that was kind of like the blowback that Marvel saw where it was the fact that it's a little known property. If you were to read this and then think, okay, well, no, they're going to do a movie based off of it. I, I would just be like, no, what are you, what are you doing, Marvel? I feel like it's got to be like volume, like volume three or four where they got their legs underneath themselves. Yes. <laughs> because it, like, that could be it. I don't know. And, and, and it's like, uh, the team that's put together and the team we know of, and it's minus, it's minus Adam Warlock. It's minus uh, <clears throat> Quasar, and it's Groot, and even like the Mant, like Mantis, like I was like, oh, I know that, I know that character yeah. because of the movie. This is but, why but she. But you was read in- her, and she's just like <clears throat> another snarky part of the crew, but she just happens to know. Oh, they're gonna they're power. gonna pick the name Guardians of the Galaxy in twenty four hours, like mm-hmm. that. That's it. Yeah, there's no characters, Jason. Like everyone looks different, but and they're wearing fucking baggy clothes. I don't like the baggy clothes. Uh, it, there was enough of this to take me out of it, but the fact that James Gunn possibly read all of this and then made that first Guardians movie out makes, of it, it I'm like, hey, so much better, right? thumbs yeah. up. I uh, no, I. I think, Paul, you just nailed it. Like, reading this and then, like, thinking back to that first movie, like, yeah. Holy crap. And the second movie, too, because then we are introduced to Mantis and. Mantis. You're introduced to Mantis. Well, the first movie. And Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. (laughs) Well, you've been Cosmos. Well, to to tie it into the movie, like, I, I bought the DV last week, whenever it came out, because it just came out not too long ago. And uh, Lexi came over because she hadn't seen that movie. I was like, oh, you know what? Let's check it out. She absolutely loved it. It's not my favorite of the Marvel movies, but she was in tears at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, spoilers, like, everything with Yandu. And it's like, no, in the first movie, Yandu's just, he's a character that's thrown in there. But then by the time they get around to it in the second one, they, they do a pretty good job of making you care about this character. Yeah, and to kind of circle back to the books, I don't care about any of these people, regardless of the fact that I know who they are. I know who they're like going to be in the Marvel universe. I would read any of the other Guardians books that we've read over the past couple years before this mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Yeah, because none of these characters feel like characters. They all feel kind of like the same. Nope. Uh, you know what? You know Rocket had those couple he had rockety moments mm-hmm. uh and it was like I, I, I cannot i'm not gonna look through this book i read it i read it once and literally after like the squirrels were like revealed and all that and there was all this like page after page after page after page after page of like making up of the group after the scroll thing i mm-hmm. was like i'm I'm not reading this anymore. And even Caitlin was like, oh, did you finish your, finish your book? And I was like, yeah. Because I finished reading this... I finished reading this this morning. 
because I started reading it last night, and I opted out to play Diablo with my wife for hours. And then I read a little bit before I went to bed, mm-hmm. and then I finished reading it in the morning while we were both just sitting and reading, because that's a Sunday for us. We pour coffee, we read or we do something together, uh, together not meaning reading the same book, but we'll like just sit and read, have lunch, and then we took our dog to the dog park. That was walking around in a circle while my dog ran around and fake peed because he's already peed enough mm-hmm. and watching him do that was better than reading this book well for the first uh, uh, last the last two issues it, it was it was it was trying to get into this once i finally got into it it abruptly ended with that tie-in and it was sad because I was like, you know what? I was looking forward to where this book was going, and this book then just had to take a shit on me. And I think, like, a book like this doesn't need that that invasion tie-in. That's right. something else that's going on. And it didn't even, like, it was half-ass tie-in. Like, none of the characters were scrolls. None of the things. It was Astro. Yeah. It was the Astro Dog protecting the scrolls. And then when people are like, "We're gonna kill them," they're like, "No, boop 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 boop. No, you're not. I just mind controlled you to see what's going on. These are the good guys." Mm-hmm. And then they're all like, "Oh, they're the good guys." Everybody stop. Oh, what? We're gonna fight the people that think they're the bad guys? Oh, wait, boop 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 boop. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. Come. On everybody leaves. It was such a forced. It was just a forced three issue tie-in that didn't need to happen. And even like the characters within the book were like, "This is bullshit." Mm -hmm. I don't need to read the characters telling me it's bullshit when I'm having to read it. Come on, Adam Warlock, you got a cool suit. You're better than your red and gold thing. Star Lord, Star Lord looked like shit though. Uh, Paul, I'm going to say this, and this book sent me into an internet spiral. (laughs) Oh, no. Because I started thinking, like, okay, Paul picked two books. One of these, I was like, Sabrina, yes, Guardians, no. And I was like, that reminds me of that commercial starring the comedian, Richard Lewis. So it sent me into, like, okay, Richard Lewis did a commercial for a drink. Uh, The drink was called Boku. Which was a, a Japanese like juice box marketed towards adults, but and the actual thing in the commercial was like belching no Boku yes because they were trying to get adults out of drinking carbonated beverages. Uh, Richard Lewis is also now seventy years old. He was born in 1947 in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, uh, and who's one of his best friends? <laughs> one of his best friends uh, you're of course talking about Larry David yeah which uh, fucking curb your enthusiasm coming back coming finally. back new season um, but yeah th- this reading these two books made me think back to a commercial I remember seeing in 1991 in the, in the 90s that made me be the first person ever to google Richard Lewis to see what came up Adult flavors. There's no straw. John is playing it on his full tap here. phone right now. Can you believe she wouldn't even let me go to the juice box aisle? And she'd drive by the supermarket to see if my car was parked outside. I hear now she's seeing a juice box counter. Don't even care. I really don't. 
But <laughs> I, mean, point, I care more about watching this or at least even hearing it than I do reading Guardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> he did these for like three years. How did they know to put black cherries and white grapes? Black cherries, black cherries and, and the white grapes and white that grapes. Crazy. I, thought, I thought it was topical. Oh my of, gosh, how are these commercials better than this book I read? I thought it was topical <laughs> because the DVD but you know what? came out. John, I say check out Sabrina. Surprisingly, like solid read. Uh, and then there's teasers in the back of this one that's like it's like that damn cat where it's tying into like Salem. Salem's backstory. Mm-hmm. I want to read that. I always like Salem in the. Uh, I was going to say the comic books. Uh, on the TV show... He, Salem he was, was such more <clears throat> sassy. Yeah, uh, Salem's sassy. He looks just like my current cat, Ben Franklin, in the comic books. Of course I'm going to want to read that book. Well, here's my thing. Okay, Paul, t- Paul picked two books. 50% were great. Which is something we no, know no, no. about 75, Paul. 50% of the time, he's spot on. 75% I was great. The last two issues of Guardians, the scroll crossover. That's where it sucked. All right, Chris. Two books, straight in policy. We talk about them, we rate them, we say which one's better. I will do the same thing. So we're putting this to you for next month, October. Mm-hmm. Trade in policy. You, Paul's Paul's looking at me like he's got to make it themed. <laughs> yeah, it's October. <laughs> it's Halloween. Here's the thing: pick two books. Two books that none of us have read. What we're doing two books now forever? No, no, just for just for this, uh, you, Chris, me. Oh, okay. Two this books is a cycle. and pick two things completely opposite. Okay. 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 I mean, because I mean, you really did. You picked like you picked yeah. in your mind. Oh, I'm like I, they hate Sabrina. They're gonna like Guardians. <laughs> But and you picked, you picked, you off. picked, you picked Sabrina because we had read Archie, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Hey, it's cool in this area. It's fall. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. It ties into October. We're in September. We're weeks away. <laughs> weeks away. Weeks away. It's still like the first week of September. It's second week of September. <laughs> because half of the week was August. Okay. Well. Okay. <clears throat> circle back. So. Uh, are we doing this all in like one episode? Yeah, you're gonna, yeah we're yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. we're gonna do both of them. We're two two issues each of us. <laughs> two trades. Okay. Two trades. And we're gonna cut it down, and we're gonna like shit on one, and hopefully not on the other. Or hopefully like both. Well, of them. You, you know, we need to make Paul Reed Saga Volume Two. <laughs> like, that's getting that's getting saying. pushed back because he's got to read Volume One and Two, which was going to be my next pick, but now. It's two different things. Did he just walk out? Of he the room? he left. He's got to go. He's got to go pee. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, this is this is tough. I'm gonna have to actually think about this. Yeah, you do that. I'm and well, and while you're doing that, listeners, rate and review us. Uh, find us over on Facebook. Hey, you heard us talking about it. We got a new website where Chris is gonna be doing the uploads for the new episodes. Uh, on the website. Yeah, the new website is still bangboard.com. It, it's still a work in progress, so you might see some uh, some fake links there that lead you to sample pages. But hey, producer Scott, I really appreciate the work that you put in. This looks like it's going to be really cool. Uh, you'll be able to see the show notes for this episode 
on bangbar.com. Last show notes that we did are going to be from episode number 230. What the hell? It's been a long time. I'm going to catch up. I promise you, everybody. Uh, and I, I was fine. I was like, oh, man, I thought it was going to be more episodes. I saw it was 2.30, and I was like, oh, we're on 2.51? Hey, 21 episodes. That's not bad. That's not too bad, and I haven't had internet that whole time. Yeah, it's nothing. So I, I, I couldn't. I it's nothing. To, I could have tried to, like, bullshit phone it in through my phone, but I wouldn't want to do that. No, we, we that, wouldn't, we wouldn't want you to do that. I want you to be able to go to the show notes page and then say, like, hey, wow, you guys talked about a beer from this brewery. Let me see what else you've had from them, and then you can search for it. And what I would want is to you to find us over on whatever platform that you are listening to us and rate and view, review SoundCloud, us. iTunes, Stitcher. And while you're doing that, point out Blueberry. that Paul picks the worst books. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I like Sabrina. So he had a winner. Stuff. He had a winner, and then chose to throw that winner away, Just and then pick it. something else. But at the same time, he should have looked at it, and be like, "Oh, these guys should have loved this." Nope, <clears throat> too wordy, too wordy, too long. You guys would hate it. It's <clears throat> come on, Superman birthright. Such a good book. Oh my god. That that was long because that was extra issues. Was it was ex- mm. no, it, it would have been good if they had just boiled that story down into maybe like three or four issues. It didn't need to be twelve or even just six issues. And if Paul had also said like, you might have mentioned it. We don't listen to each other <laughs> at all. But if you have been like, it's twelve issues, I wouldn't <laughs> have been mad when I was like on a Saturday night sitting down to read this and going like. And I, I literally was laying on my back reading this, and then all of a sudden I said, fuck this dude. And my wife was like, Paul? And I was like, this book's like 400 pages. This is out of control. It's all 300 pages for Sabrina. And I'm like, I better call it now, because otherwise John will hate me. No. Uh, before we end, I do just want to say, because I'm still stuck on my uh, Richard Lewis spiral, and that led me to... Uh, <laughs> Amy Yazbek, who has then led me to Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mel Brooks, please just make one more movie. No, you don't want that because the movie they're talking about him making is Spaceballs 2. Oh, I'm really okay not. with that. I, I think I would still enjoy that. See, I thought- he's Okay, well, I was thinking like, oh, Mel Brooks, he's super old. He's 91. He's the same age as Dick Van Dyke. They should make he's a movie still, together. He's still, he's still bringing it. I was thinking it was going to be History of the World Part 2. Yeah, that never happened. Right, right. But that was the joke. That's History of the World Part yeah, 1. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's the, the whole joke. It's good to be the king. Mm-hmm. It is good to be the king. It's also good to be rated and reviewed over on iTunes. We already SoundCloud, talked about that. And SoundCloud. We were just waiting Blueberry, for you to come back. And all that other stuff. Email us, paganboardcast.com. I actually don't know our God, email address now. His, his last movie was Dracula Dead and Loving It in 1995. Mm. That wasn't good. I mean, no. I, I don't mind it. I mean, he's done TV since then, but it's a lot of like him just appearing in TV shows. It's Blazing Saddles. It's Young Frankenstein. It's Spaceballs. History of the World. Uh, what is, what's the spy one? It's 
Oh, the the Nazi one? The spy, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, not delirium. High anxiety. High anxiety, yeah. Uh, and then the producers. Producers? Is, yeah. Producers is up there. No, I love the producers. That's not true. I'm a Gene Wilder fan, and that is a great Gene Wilder performance. Oh, okay, because I'm thinking of the... Matt. Uh, Wait, you, you're thinking about the... Uh, the newer one. The, the oh, one that came the out. The musical. Like, yeah, with, no. Uh, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Yeah. yeah, no, that was good. No, it wasn't. It's it wasn't number six. It's good. It's in number six of those. In the power rankings of Mel Brooks movies. All right. Comment, rate us a review, comment. Instead of leaving us a review, just comment your top five Mel Burks movies. Because that's even better than a review. He was in Hotel Transylvania 2? Oh my gosh. Was, there was a sequel to Hotel Transylvania? There, there was. I still haven't seen the first one. You never saw Hotel Transylvania? No, I oh, didn't. Oh, that's okay. a great one. It's done by the guy that did Powerpuff Girls and Samurai Jack. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Gene, uh, whatever. Because that's got um, that's got uh, Malcolm from uh, Jurassic Park, and uh, uh, what's his, the guy with alopecia from um, I can't believe I can't think of his name from uh, Arrested Development, the guy who can't grow hair. Oh, uh, yeah, Ed Begley I, I Jr. So. Yeah, Ed Beg- yeah. And it has the guy who played Kramer. It was um, this is such a great movie. Talk about a Hotel Transylvania. Like it's what, is, is it on Netflix? Because maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> as long as you keep internet during Hurricane Irene. Hey. Uh, Irma. So far, so far, so good. 